I want to tell you a little bit about Rectech. Last night, uh, we put steaks ooh, on the Rectech. They were so delicious. So, so very good. Uh, and it's so easy on the Rectech. You don't have to worry about burning them. You don't have to worry about anything because uh, it takes care of all of it. It has smart technology, and it's a better griller than I am. This this was a grill built by grillers, so it's people who go to those contests and you know try to have the best smoked meat. That's who built this, um, and it is built like a tank, and it is really simple to use. It is competitively priced. You go in and look at the best grill on the market now at Home Depot or wherever you buy your grills. And then AB Compare. Go to rectech.com, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com, and AB Compare. No comparison at all. Not even close. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Go there now. That is the slogan everybody thinks of the Biden campaign, but it wasn't. It is the slogan of the Great Reset. That's why it's used by politicians all over the world. Build back better. The Great Reset. Well, uh, we're not going to have a lot left over to build uh, soon. Remember, one of the things that they say is that by 2030, you will not own anything. But you're going to love it. I don't think so. I don't think so. But the attack on personal private property is just going through the roof. And is anyone paying attention? We are. We talk about two big cases in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So what's keeping you from doing the things that you really want to do? Things that you just, you know, someday I'm going to do this. I learned from my father, do not wait to do the things you want to do. My dad said, someday I'm going to retire and I'm just going to play golf. I'm going to play golf every day. By the time he retired, he was his body was so broken down that he couldn't do the things that he wanted to do. So what's stopping you now? If it's pain, please listen. There is a possibility, a 70% chance if you try Relief Factor, that you can get out of pain doesn't work for everybody and you'll know in the next three weeks so may i ask you to just call 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 or you can go online to relieffactor.com again just order the three-week trial pack because they don't want you buying a bunch of stuff that you're not going to use and if it's not working for you at all in three weeks it's not going to work for you 70% of those who try it go on to order more month after month. I've had so many people in this audience write and say, I can't believe how I feel again. I can do the things I want to do. Do them. Stop wasting another day in pain. 
800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. The Biden administration announced yesterday that it supports waiving intellectual property protections for COVID-19 vaccines. Okay, let me give you the let me give you the compassionate story. Right now there are places in Africa that don't have the vaccine. Right now there are places like India that is exploding. And they need the vaccine. So, what do we do? Well, there's several things we could do. Um, we could all band together, and the United States government and the bully pulpit of the president could say, we need the vaccine, we need to help India. And I know this audience alone would raise, I mean, we've raised $50 million for, uh, for things before at almost a drop of a hat in six months. If there's a real humanitarian crisis, the American people will step to the plate. Just ask them. They'll do it. So you could do that. You could um, encourage through churches that they raise money to, to buy vaccines. You could even go to the companies and say, hey, um, is there anything that you guys can do? Can you help these countries out? They are massively slammed right now. Those would be the things that would come to my mind. I would not say, you know what? Yeah, there's something we can do. Just take the patent away. Just tell all the companies around the world. Just tell them, here's the formula. We have it. Oh, and by the way, it's not just the formula for this vaccine. It is the way to make the vaccine. It is something that has been in development by some of these companies for 40 years. And we're just supposed to give that up. I wouldn't consider that as president of the United States. And here's why. Who is incentivized to help anybody to come up with any kind of vaccines, life-saving vaccines, if they know at any time the government can come in and just take it? The thing I, that always pisses me off about Robin Hood is it drives me out of my ever-loving mind. It's just like Robin Hood taken from the rich and given to the poor. No, no, that's not what Robin Hood did. Um, you're leaving out half the story. The government with the sheriff came in and took everything from the poor. So Robin Hood wasn't stealing from the rich. He was going back to collect all the things and the money that had been taken by the oppressive government to give it back to the original owners. That's the story of Robin Hood. But today's world, they'll say, Robin, this is Robin Hood. Look, these companies have so much money and are just going to get rich off of this. And so we ought to take it from them. They won't even notice. Well, in this case, that's kind of true. This the covid vaccine is such a small, small part of the bottom line of just one company that makes the little blue pill. Do you think that they're like, oh, man, this vaccine. <laughs> now we get rich. 
There will always be a lack of erections for somebody. (laughs) And they are taking care of that. This is not even in that category. Okay. So what, what would you do if you were at Pfizer or you were at one of these companies? When the president comes out and says, vaccine supply for American people is secured now. But uh, we're going to we're going to work with the private sector and, and all possible partners to expand vaccine manufacturing and distribute uh, and distribution. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're going to we're going to do those things. But, you know, uh, I I think that maybe we should uh, maybe end the patent protection. The only thing that makes me happy is a lot of these companies are part of the Great Reset. They've all bought into the Great Reset. We're going to be partners we're going to be a public-private partnership, and we're going to be protected. It'll be all the other companies that won't be. Yeah, they're going to come and eat your lunch too, Jack. You're just going to be the last one that they eat, but they will eat you. If I were at one of these companies today, I would not only gear up with my attorneys, I would, just as a PR campaign, because it won't cost you that much in the grand scheme of things, I would just say... India, I would have actually done this last week, but, you know, I'm, I, wait a minute, I am a doctor. Maybe I could get a job there. Uh, I would have last week, when I found out about India, or two weeks ago, I would have said, you know what, guys, make sure that America, the home base, is taken care of, but what can we do to help India? India, we're just going to send you, worry about the price later, or, you know, here's a bunch of it free just to get you started, but here you go. That's what these companies should do on their own. You know, Ben Franklin was big into patents, really big into patents. Why? Because patents protect the inventor. They protect the investor. They protect. You can have the greatest idea. I have ideas. Oh, my gosh. I have ideas for Disney that only Disney kind of money would be able to pull off. And they are great. I've told them to several people. I've tried to tell them to Disney, but they won't take new ideas. I've told them to several people. I mean, people like former people at WED. And they would be, and they were like, that's fantastic. Yeah, I know. But it would take Disney-style money to do. Okay. That's the reason you have patents. Because I got a million ideas, but not the money to pull them off. Somebody does. If I pitch it to the right person, will they do it? And should, if it's a huge success, should they then lose money because somebody goes, that's a great idea. And you know what? We really need that. For instance, the iPhone, the cell phone, the connectivity that we all enjoy right now, being able to do everything on our iPhone. There you could convince a lot of Americans that you couldn't live without your iPhone today. Oh, and I love this argument. Why don't we just revoke the patent for the iPhone and let anyone make the iPhone? It's really kind of essential that everyone has an iPhone. You know, for as wonderful and utopian that that world seems to be, as um, soon as you start doing that, the people who do have ideas, 
stop having ideas because they're not willing to make an, a better mousetrap because why i mean i'll make it maybe a better mousetrap for my house but why am i gonna try to gather a bunch of people and say hey let's make a company because this will really serve because you're jesus no that's not gonna happen you have to have the human incentive of being able to make something now you also strive to be a person like ben franklin Ben Franklin believed deeply in patents because it protects people. <sighs> However, he was the greatest inventor of the day, and he never took a patent out on anything. He's the guy who came up with a potbelly stove. Do you know how many people that saved? Do you know how many women, women's lives were saved by Ben Franklin? Because the potbelly stove didn't have an open flame. I can't remember the number, but it was it's an incredible. Do you remember this stat, Stu? It's like no. 20% of all deaths of women. Uh, the, the, I think it was the leading cause of death of women besides natural causes, and that includes childbirth, I think was fire. They burned to death because they had the skirts and they were near the open fire and they would catch fire and burn to death. It was awful. He came up with a potbelly stove. It was much safer. It was smaller. It was economical. It worked to heat people's houses. He thought, I should share this with everybody. I don't need the money. And it was his choice. Would Ben Franklin have invented all of those things if it, he was forced to do it by the king? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is the problem with Marxism. It takes away every human natural trait. As much as I wish things didn't mean stuff to me, they do. They do. And I can try to be Gandhi, but I'm sorry. I really like that. I like that. And I like the fact that that's mine. And I worked hard to get that. And I worked hard because I wanted to have that collect that live in that drive that that's that is what humans do and we can all go to church and try to change that or gain perspective on that and balance that but you can't expect people to suddenly just go oh you know what oh geez why didn't joe biden pass that executive order earlier i now don't care about any stuff and I want to work hard just for the collective. Screw my own personal interests. It's not going to happen. That's why Marxism always ends in concentration camps. Because it's not normal. It's why everyone who's a Marxist has to shut everyone else down. Because the, the, the one human trait that they think will will beat every other human trait is fear if you are afraid then you will go along with it but nobody will go along nobody in this country would go along with the with the cancel culture with any of the crap that's being jammed down your throat right now if they weren't afraid 
Some would, but it would be probably less than 10%. The rest of the people would be like, I don't care. I don't care. The only reason why they do care is because the Marxists have made you afraid. And afraid of what? Of losing what you own. Losing your job, which in turn has you lose your house and your car and your status. Those are human nature traits. And this administration and others in it are coming for your right to own your name, your ideas, your property, your home, your car, whatever it is. And it's happening today. We just mentioned about what's happening with these pharmaceutical companies. Give me one second and I'll show you how it's happening to people who own homes. 60 seconds. All right. Here's something you want to own until the government comes and takes it from you. Uh, just like everything else. Uh, that is gold from Goldline. Yesterday, I told you about a big, 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 big investor who has you know, been on CNBC since before there was a CNBC. He's like 79 years old. And, um, and he's always made fun of people who buy gold. Always. Because he's like, it's not, it's not something that is just going to grow out of control, blah, blah, blah. You can make so much more money elsewhere. Well, I've always told you I don't buy gold as an investment. I buy it as a hedge against insanity. Well, that's kind of what he said a couple of days ago. He said, I kind of feel foolish because I've always made fun of those people. But now I see what's happening to the dollar and how they're debasing it and how there's not going to be a dollar. And the only thing left that will have any value is gold. I mean, he even didn't think land was as good. Things are changing. Things are changing and they're changing rapidly. Please, it's not a difficult process. Just call Goldline today. Find out how you can get started. You don't have a lot of money. Well, do, do you have a 401k or a, a self-directed IRA? Right now, if you have Goldline uh, work on your self-directed IRA, they'll give you 6% in free metals just by going in and, and doing it. It is a way to protect and hedge against the dollar on your retirement account. They're waiting to hear from you right now. Please call them at 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Stu, I just went off and I meant to have more of a conversation with you, but... Uh, sorry about that with the with the prescription drug takeover. Um, let's look now at the houses. A federal judge just overturned the CDC. Thank God. Tell me what this story is all about. Yeah, basically the the reason why there was a, a moratorium on evictions in the country was because the CDC basically said, "Look, you know, it's a pandemic. We can't be putting people out in the street. We're telling people to stay inside. So we can't have people be evicted right now. I mean, you can understand the generic thought process of that point. Um, of course, it creates all sorts of other problems. Like, for example, mm -hmm. landlords who now can't get anyone to pay rent because everyone is telling them they're not they don't have to. 
So, you know, there's all sorts of stories of landlords going to house uh, to these houses over and over and over again. People, even though they're getting checks from the government, are refusing to pay the rent because they know they don't have to. And instead, they're, you know, they're looking through the windows and they're seeing big screen TVs that are brand new because they just got a check from the government to pay for the TV, but they're not paying rent. And so these landlords uh, who continue to have to pay maintenance on the house, who continue to have to pay mortgages on the house, who continue to have to pay the taxes on the house and all of the other associated costs of running a business like this, uh, they are unable or unable to be able to get the actual income from these homes and are going bankrupt they're running up their credit cards and and all these other things yeah but they but didn't get evil. the bailout they're evil landlords but they're evil mm. landlords so why do i care well you know they're uh, many of them aren't uh evil landlords no no, no they're landlords no i know i understand the great reset point here in this conversation <laughs> uh, but you know like the washington post had a great story about a guy who was an immigrant who came over here and built the american dream out of buying houses in low-income areas, fixing them up, and renting them to uh, lower middle class um, uh, types who have been able to improve these uh, these areas immensely because, you know, it's, it's, it's helped bring, revitalize an entire community. And now yeah, those but he people took are his going out of business. Yeah, but he took his money and he bought a Mercedes. Yeah, I know. And so was... when he drives, when he drives by, this was in the story. Yeah. When he drives by some of the houses of the people and he sees the new big screen TV that the government bought for them and he's not getting rent from those people, they just look out the window and say, yeah, but he drives a Mercedes. Why should I give it to him? Right. That is basically oh what the gosh. what they said in the story. Uh, so. Yesterday, they had a, a ruling came out from a federal court that said, basically, look, we the legislation gets to decide whether it's a good idea to have a moratorium on on uh, evictions. That's something the legislation gets to do. Our our goal here and our charge here is to just say, does the CDC have the legal authority to ban evictions over the entire country for a year? And uh, mm. they do not. That's the way <laughs> they said. Uh, they do not. They do not. <laughs> they do not. No. They do not. Thank God. However, this has caused all kinds of problems. They believe it's one of the reasons why people are having a hard time finding houses to buy. And the reason why housing, spi- uh, housing prices, existing housing prices, uh, are, are going up because of the CDC. Josh Hawley next. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Car Shield. Uh, there is nothing worse. There's never a good time for your car to break down. I don't care. You could be Bill Gates and somebody could, you know, phone him from the front of his car and say, excuse me, Mr. Gates, um, the car is broken down. He would never say, oh, okay, perfect time. It's great. I wasn't going to do anything anyway today and you know, I didn't want you to uh, to be bored. Uh, so now your day in probably a few days just going to be disrupted like crazy. Congratulations on that. It's perfect timing. Never, never does that happen. Never do you get a, a bill from your car after it broke down and you're like, oh, this is perfect. OK, good. This is great. I was wondering what I was going to do with that two thousand dollars. Never happens. So prepare for those uh, surprises that nobody likes with CarShield. Get coverage after your warranty expires with CarShield.com. See why CarShield cars go further. 
A deductible may apply, but this is really going to save your butt. CarShield.com, promo code Beck. And get to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Uh, get to your subscription to Blaze TV now and save 10 bucks. So we have been talking about the loss of property rights, patent rights. Uh, let's talk about the loss of your right to speak freely, uh, to gather uh, with people that you, um, you know, agree with, to petition the government. All of these things are going away, and a lot of them are going away because of what Senator Josh Hawley calls the tyranny of big tech. We welcome the uh, senator uh, from Missouri to the program. Hello, Senator Hawley. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, you know, the news of the last couple of days has been how Facebook, Twitter, they're just going to continue to ban Donald Trump. Uh, and they're saying because he was part of that giant insurrection, the worst attack on our republic since the Civil War. Yeah, you know, I don't it, think it that's why amazing. they're banning him. Go ahead. Yeah, well, no, it's uh, well, why they're banning him is they don't like his speech and they're banning him and can get by with it, Glenn, because they're monopolies and all of their customers and consumers have nowhere else to go because there's no competition. So you think about, well, my gosh, I don't like what Facebook's doing. Where would I go? What platform would I go to that would be different than Facebook and have different rules? The answer is nowhere because Facebook is a monopoly and they are actively buying up competition and suppressing new entrants in the market. Ditto with Twitter. We saw a parlor a competitor to Twitter tried to try to get off the ground earlier this year. And what happened back in January? Well, Twitter and Amazon and Apple and Google got together and canceled Parler within the space of like 48 hours. So these right. are monopoly companies with monopoly power over speech. And we've got to do something about it. So one of the things you've written a, a new book um, called The Tyranny of Big Tech. And I think this is the one thing, I'm glad you're dealing with it. I mean, there's a lot of big talk in the Senate, but I don't see anybody actually going for the throat of people um, and doing anything, proposing anything that actually will change and release the chokehold they have. Uh, part of it, I think, is because of money, but I think also part of it is they are so incredibly powerful because of the information that they have. Uh, why is it we can't get our government to move on them? Well, I think part of that is because big tech has purchased so much influence in Washington and on Capitol Hill. They have spent a decade or more purchasing lobbyist influence and think tank influence and academic influence and, and uh, influence on congressional staffs in terms of staffers that they recruit to come join them. You know, it's really, it's really, really extraordinary. And you see how they really doubled down in this last election, dumping money into the Biden-Harris campaign. I mean, you talk about trying to buy access to the White House. These companies have done it, and that's one of the reasons why mm -hmm. the, the Democrats right now are delighted with the power of big tech. They love, they sure. secretly love the monopoly status because these companies will censor in a way the government couldn't, and the Democrats want them to do that, and they want them to do more of it. They, they politic all the time for them to do more of it, uh, it and it is, it is terribly frightening. I think they don't want donald trump uh back online because they know he can draw a crowd and you you don't want anyone who can unite the other side they're too busy dividing 
you can't have somebody that can unite and bring a coalition that can actually stand against uh, this this movement uh, from the left. No, that, that's exactly right. It's an effort to silence a big tech's part, an effort to silence voices of opposition uh, with whom they disagree and who represent a contrary view. You, see, you saw them do it back in the fall when they tried to suppress reporting on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden locking the New York Post out of their account on Twitter, Facebook, yep. not allowing the story to be circulated and distributed. I mean, you talk about a brazen intervention in a presidential election. I mean, trying to influence and stop the news during a presidential election, and then even more so in January, of course, where they deplatformed the former president, where they kicked bunches of conservatives off of, off of Twitter and, and Facebook and these platforms, and uh, where they canceled Parler. I mean, so this is real power, Glenn. This is monopoly power. And to your point about what we're going to do about it, we've got to break these companies up. No, we, we cannot try and go along to get along. You've got to break these companies up, and you've also got to give American citizens the right to go to court and to sue these companies if they take action against them based on political viewpoint. That's my view. Give Americans the power to go to court, break up these companies. I'd like one more thing. They're making all this money because of all the information they're gathering on us. Who I am, what I do belongs to me, not to them. Just because they have given me a device that allows them to follow me, I really don't like the power that they have of following me, monitoring me, uh, analyzing me, predicting me. Uh, no, thank you. I'd like to opt out on that. And if you want to sell my information as I opt in, you can do that and you'll get a slice of it. But so will I. That's right. And, you know, these companies, their business model is built on taking our data and our personal yep. information without our consent, to your point, Glenn, and then selling it or monetizing it without our permission. And without yes. any say from us of any kind, and I agree with you 100 uh, percent, individuals ought to be able to control their own information. It is private property. It's our private property. In the same way, so, families, parents ought to be able to control their kids' information. Yes. These tech companies track your kids around. They build dossiers in your kid. I say this as a parent of three small children. You know, this is crazy, creepy stuff that they currently get by with. And we've got to stop it. We've got to give people control again over their own property, over their own data. So I'm very libertarian in my views of, of business, and I have really wrestled with two things. In the past, I have wrestled with the, quote, robber barons. Many of those guys were not robber barons. Um, some of them were. And I've always wondered, when you amass so much wealth and power, uh, how, do you, how do you stop that from... Uh, from affecting everyone or infecting everything. Uh, and the only way that I can come up with that I'm comfortable with is you cannot lobby laws. The law and the government must be completely separate and blind from corporations. But I don't think that's possible. How do you stop the, because these, I think you would agree with me, the people like Zuckerberg will be remembered as really bad robber barons taking from people, getting rich and then doing what they want in many times against the interest of the people. That's certainly how they're behaving now, Glenn. There's no doubt about it. And I think when you look at, at American history, where we draw the line, those of us especially who believe in free markets, who believe in free competition and who believe in capitalism, where we draw the line is to say, 
you know, we, we want people to be successful. You bet. We want businesses to be successful. Yes, we do. What we do not want to see, though, is a business amass a bunch of market power and then use it to suppress competition and use it yes. to suppress innovation and use it to try and control the political process, which is what we're seeing from these tech companies. That's, I think, where we need to draw the line. I mean, in my view is, is that breaking up monopolies reinforces the market because it introduces new competition. So I'd like to see more competition. I'd like to see more businesses. I'd like to see more yeah. choice for consumers out there. And if we had more competition, these guys would have less power. But right now, the amount of power they have is frightening. I will tell you that in your book, you talk about the Apple App Store, and you're absolutely right. I remember the first time I wanted to put an app on there, and I realized they take, I can't even remember what it is, some obscene amount of money, like 30% of everything. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? And there's no negotiation. They tell you exactly how the app has to run. They tell you everything about your own business. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a company that's completely out of control. And look how yeah, much exactly. money they're getting because they're the only option. They're the only option. Is the Apple tax, the, the, the infamous Apple tax that you just referenced, yeah. you're right. And what they also usually do is, you know, with your, let's say your app, for instance, Glenn, then they take all of your data about your customers. Yes. So Apple says, yes. you give us everything, you know, give right. us all of the info. It's crazy. It's really bad. So you, the, the name of the book, we're talking to Senator Josh Hawley about his new book, uh, The uh, Tyranny of Big Tech. Um, it's my understanding that Simon & Schuster actually had this book. And we can talk for hours about Simon & Schuster. I just ended my 10-year prison sentence with these people um, uh, uh, because they had a hostile takeover and they just, it just eliminated any conservative in that company. Um, but you had a contract with them on this book. What happened? Well, they canceled it. I mean, this is the book is all about how big tech is trying to control our politics and trying to control free speech. And then big tech uh, teamed up uh, with this corporate publisher to try to cancel this very book. I mean, you talk about irony. But Simon & Schuster originally commissioned the book. And then in January, uh, following uh, January 6th, uh, Simon & Schuster turned around and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to try to deplatform Holly. We're going to cancel this book. They accuse me of helping incite a riot at the United States Capitol, which is totally and 100 percent false. And by the way, they know it's false. But what they did is bow down to the, the big t- tech uh, Twitter mob. You had a big a Twitter uh, petition that started that said deplatform Holly, cancel his book contract, take this away, silence him. And uh, Simon and Schuster got right in there with them. You know, I'm grateful that there's still independent businesses and independent uh, publishers in this company. So my book. It was not canceled. It's available now. And I just said, Glenn, my view is this. With this cancel culture, you've got to go out and take a stand and refuse to be canceled. And that's what I said at the time. I am not going to go along with this. I'm, I refuse to be cowed. I refuse to be silenced. I refuse to be canceled. I'm going to keep speaking whatever forum I can, and, and I'm glad that the book found its way to print. Yeah, good for you. Uh, again, the name of the book is um, The... Uh, the tyranny of big tech. One last question I can't leave out. You, I love you for this. You tie Woodrow Wilson into uh, big tech and really kind of point to him as kind of the guy of the modern oligarchy. Uh, and I think that's really what we're headed for is a, is an oligarchy where these guys are 
in bed with the government. The government's in bed with the big businesses and they're controlling everything. And we just go along. Um, and it, it is really difficult because at the time it seemed as though it was a socialist movement, a communist movement. Progressives said, we're going to take it step by step because we don't believe in the bloody revolution of 1917. But it's not. It is really an oligarchy. And I think that's becoming very, very clear to people now on both the left and the right. Yeah, Wilson, I think, really begins this begins this trend of, of embracing corporate power and monopoly power. He's also our first globalist president in many ways, uh, someone who wanted to, wanted the United States to become a, a liberal empire uh, uh, worldwide and, and wanted the United States to, to be to enmesh its economy with the global economy. And so there's you know, the globalists tend to love Wilson. And there's a real reason for that. And Wilson, I think, begins this this trend in American politics, he ushers in a new era in American politics, where you know it's it's really sort of form of corporatism, where you see these big, mm-hmm. huge corporate behemoths, and the government says, well, look, you know, here's how we'll deal with them: we'll get big government and the big corporations together, and together we'll kind of run things. You know, big mistake, big big mistake, and this gets back to the Republican Party, conservatives, our roots in in free markets, in competition in the rights of individuals and families. And that's what we've got to recover. And we've got to get back to a place where individuals have power over their own property. Individuals have a say and control over their own government and not these mass, not these oligarchs in Washington, D.C. or Silicon Valley. I'd love to talk to you more about this because you also put uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who I love and hate at the same time, uh, in his proper place on this. And that is the disease that permeated the GOP uh, and had the GOP kind of really pretty much going on the same line as the uh, progressive Democrat. Senator Josh Hawley, the author of the book, The Tyranny of Big Tech, an important book, small book and easy to read. The Tyranny of Big Tech. Josh Hawley, thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks it, Senator. Thanks for having me. You bet. We need to spend an hour with him. I need to do a... Uh, a show with him a podcast by the way i've got uh, jordan peterson on the podcast today that's coming out tonight on blaze tv and you'll hear it on the uh, podcast for everybody on saturday but you can get it a couple of days early if you're a subscriber to blaze tv if you haven't heard by now hustler turf makes the best zero turn lawnmowers for both homeowners and landscaping professionals with deck sizes as small as 34 inches which can fit through most residential gates all the way up to 104 inches. So they have the perfect size no matter what you need. By the way, the 104-inch mower, it can cut a football field in less than 10 minutes. So whatever size you need, they have it. They've been building these industrial lawnmowers for so long, zero-turn industrial lawnmowers, um, and now they're available to you on a residential scale. The reason why I mention that is because they have been built for, what, four decades, five, six decades now, um, built to mow lawns eight hours a day, six days a week. So they are built to last. You're never going to find a lawnmower like a Hustler. Go to a Hustler dealer. Find one near you at HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. Go test drive zero-turn lawnmowers all you want. Make sure that you find a Hustler dealer and go to HustlerTurf.com and test drive a Hustler because there is no comparison. It's HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. 
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, we talked about a Tennessee lawmaker uh, who was trying to explain to his fellow lawmakers the three-fifths clause in the Constitution and do it accurately and historically. It didn't work out well for him. It did not. I I went through all this on Studios America last night. It's worth going back because this is one of those things that is constantly repeated. And they trashed this guy in the media, lied about it constantly. But let me just give you this one piece of evidence, Glenn. Frederick Douglass. He said, quote, the three-fifths clause is a downright disability laid upon the slave-holding states, slave-holding states, one which deprives those states of two-fifths of their natural basis of representation. Therefore, instead of encouraging slavery, the Constitution encourages freedom by giving an increase of two-fifths of political power to free over slave states. That's not me. That's not some random conservative. Yeah. It's Frederick freaking Douglass. And Frederick Douglass, by the way, thought... He went into it thinking that the Constitution was exactly what Marxists say it is. Mm -hmm. And then he was asked, have you read it? He read it. He studied it. He read the words of the founders and was like, this is the great emancipating proclamation the world has ever seen. This is the Glenn Beck Program.